Hello and welcome to episode 24 of season 3 of the Three Amigos. I'm your host Don and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars and my amiga Kylie. As is our tradition, we begin our podcast with a brief review of the previous game week with the best score in poem or song format. So that with the big caveat that we have a game ongoing between Man United and Chelsea, which Man United are currently 2-0 up with Marshall and Maguire goals. Um, but also, of course, we have the big remaining fixture featuring Man City um, on Wednesday night. So for game week 26 so far, our leading amigo, Amiga, is Kylie. So Kylie, take it away. I thank you. That old life rule, don't drink in FPL. I confess that I did it and envisioned fresh hell. Lucky for me, didn't work out that way. Forgot to betch Lundi, hip hip, hooray. Got 62 points with Kevin to go. First time in ages, I have a green arrow glow. I like it. A green arrow glow. It, it yeah. makes me think you might look a bit peaky, a bit sick or something, but... Um... <laughs> But uh, you know, yeah, just, as, just as, as you were as you were doing your poem there, um, Olivier Giroud, who I thought was playing somewhere else in the world, um, <laughs> has just come on from Chelsea. So um, I don't even have the TV in front of me. Yeah, he looked really buff. Like them Chelsea shirts look really tight, Kylie. I think you'd have liked it. You but, just um, want me to leave the pod and just disappear <laughs> randomly. Yeah. Is that what's happening right now? Yeah, yeah. So Do you uh, think Paul would object to me asking him to record it if I just yeah. message him. Yeah, no, he'll probably send you like a gif maybe or something like that. But uh, that you can just replay. Yeah, if you have Sky if you have Sky there's player cam, I think that still exists. Or maybe not anymore. That sounds very pervy. Player yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just follow one player. Mm. <laughs> Literally. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Um, I don't the, know if they still have it, but I used to be. I don't think show. they do, but they used to on red button, or I'd have player cam. Yeah. But um, I haven't had read the red button because I've just had now TV for quite a while. But anyway, uh, we'll the oh, jeez, Man United nearly scored a third there. Chelsea on the ropes a little bit, but um, my poem anyway. I'm game week. I'm the game week 26. I'm in second place so far, even though Marzi has his Aguero captaincy to go. But um, game week 26 was like flying Ryanair for me, so that's the theme of it. Uh, saving 60 quid on your airfare. At first you think it'll be grand. I'll take a train when I land. Four buses, a tram, and two kilometer walk later, your feet feel like they've been through a grater. So um, that's my game week 26 review so far. No mention of points but um, 49 points so far not too bad but um, it's nothing much good in comparison <laughs> to the great reference is a bit uncomfortable mm. uh, what about you Mersey give us your best effort yeah 40, 46 minus 4 I don't know if it's good or bad um, It. I still have KDB and Aguero captain so I don't know where I stand it's all in Pep's Magic's hand that's really all I have. <laughs> it's. I think it's fair to say it's probably lacking the usual Marzi bounce and vibrancy, but you know, yeah. we'll let it go because um, because I think you're a bit tired tonight, Marzi. Okay, but um, no, just I don't know where I stand, so I don't know if it's a good or bad week to be honest. It's, <laughs> well, but, the Aguero captaincy right. will dictate pretty much how the week turns out for you, so um, we'll see what yeah, happens there. I'm quietly confident, but I could be mad. Mm. There's the end of my. <laughs> uh, normally this stage of the show we go through the standings in the Three Amigos Classic League uh, this week being uh, as we mentioned a little bit all over the shop at the moment then um, we probably won't bother with that but I might send on the league table onto, onto our social media manager Mars later on in the week and he can post it to Twitter um, Marzi, at uh, this stage of the pod we always hand the microphone over to you to give you the rant of the week so um, take it away baby oh god do I need this I don't know if I should focus on the community or the FA. I might do both. I'm fed up, absolutely fed up, of people telling people what is the right move and what to do and what not to do and double Liverpool defence and, no, this is the way to go, but it's your team. We've said it so many times. I have no idea of people having a plan and sticking to it and doing threads about it and fighting it to the core. That's fine. What's not fine is telling someone, your, your plan is wrong, my plan is right. I don't agree with that, and I think it's absolute bullshit. But I think we should focus on the ineptness of the FA, the Premier League, and anybody um, in, included in this with all with all these storms. I think we had the A and the B because we seem to be on 
Kiera Kie- and and then Dennis, Dennis the Menace, you know. Kira. Kira, sorry, sorry, yeah, Kira. A she and then Dennis, I'm assuming it's a he, maybe they're referring to Dennis the Menace. I know him from the East End, the character, whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> what? That, that's that's where he's What's from, so yeah, Dennis the Menace. That was the first Dennis the Menace in um, pop famous, culture, yeah. yeah. Famous East End character, yeah. Yep. Not in reference to a comic book character yep. uh, or a movie character at all. No. Okay. Well, uh, I, uh, listen, listen. I don't. I didn't do comics book, comic books when I was younger. Well, no, definitely not English I'm comic not books. Not a comic anyway. book fan. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Okay. But let, we digress. We digress. Let's get back to it. Um, um, look, any big corporation that earns as much money as the Premier League do should have a contingency plan. That was absolutely ridiculous and made the Premier League, the FA. Uh, look like a laughing stock. I'll give you just a couple of examples. You know, I work for a pharmaceutical company and Brexit's been going on for the last two years. Do you think a, a pharmaceutical company, whether it's big or small, have been waiting to see if Brexit go ahead or not? We've had two contingency plans with Brexit or without Brexit, two different artworks, two different plans, health authority authorization, different setup of suppliers. I, another example, I used to work for a drinks company with a sugar tax, famous drinks company. I don't want to say names. Now, there's two companies. One company decided to do everything that in their power to reduce the sugar so they meet the sugar tax and change the recipes but kept their flavors. The other company said, well, well I'm not spending, I'm not changing my recipe. People love us. I'm just going to sell you smaller packs. They had a plan. It's called a contingency plan. The Premier League did not have a contingency plan. They, did, they were too arrogant and they were not proactive they were reactive to everything that happened which is why there was this big dilemma about when city west ham were going to play and if norwich liverpool went ahead or not or burnley southampton they got lucky and and, and let's see what happens with city west ham because if i was pep i could put my my youngsters on what, what's going to happen i'm not going to win the league i don't really care it will benefit west ham and shove two fingers up to the to the premier league for making him play three three days before before uh, the weekend and three days before the, um, the Champions League. Now, obviously, they fit enough and professional enough to, to play and they wanted their break and I'm glad they got it because, again, Liverpool did the same thing because of scheduling and Liverpool had to play kids in the Carling, in the Copa Cup because of scheduling. Because, listen, people will say, oh, it needs time, you need the police. With money, everything works and these people earn enough and should have enough money to put people behind it to have contingency plans for, for things like this to happen. It's absolutely embarrassing. Here, here. Yeah. Um, the uh, it'll be interesting to see tomorrow because I know a lot of people, you and you included, have um, your game weeks kind of riding on a strong Man City lineup. We will get on, I think, to the big topics because I know the the first one is about this Man City situation. So um, I know we'll all have a little bit to say about it. Um, so we might bounce straight on to that. Um, the the big topics, most of the big topics this week will be about the buy sell hold with the blank game week 28 just around the corner and Champions League returning to the fixture list. Um, but as I said, I think we have to start it off really with a brief chinwag about the UEFA ban for Man City. First of all, I can safely say none of us can predict if City will be successful in overturning all or part of the ban, or indeed if ramifications could cause cascading action from the FA um, as part of their responsibilities under the UEFA governing body. So we'll park that for now and talk about the most likely responses we're likely to see from City on the pitch. Um, Kylie, um, looking at this prospective ban allied with the 25-point gap at the top of the table, does this mean we're likely to pretty much guarantee to see Pep focus the Champions League as his priority with the rotation of players like the aforementioned Aguero or even Kev more likely than ever to possibly sit out a few matches? I mean, I think the one word we can never, ever use with Pep Guardiola is guarantee. Um, we can look at these situations and we often do and try to apply some measure of logic to what uh, what his decisions will be. And uh, we are so often incorrect about that. Uh, so he's quite unpredictable in that way. But I suppose what we can say is we've all looked at this period and the gap that exists and said, okay, you know, we know that Pep wants to win the Champions League. It makes sense that he would certainly have one eye on Champions League matches, given that he is not in the running 
to win, um, realistically, win the Premier League again. Um, so we came into this whole situation sort of saying that, and, and it was a very grey area because you would still anticipate that City would want to secure second uh, second place um, for Pride, I suppose, and also because then they would want to guarantee Champions League for next year. The fact that this UEFA ban has come in and it's a two-season ban has potentially massive ramifications across a whole array of different things, you know. Is fifth place now going to be a Champions League spot? What's it going to mean for motivation for other teams, etc.? Um If this is not overturned, we know that they are going to go and appeal it, but if it's not overturned, then I think you have to say that where, you know, he may have had one eye on Champions League, I think there's going to be more than one eye on Champions League now because it would be their only chance in three years to compete for the title that he and City really want. So I think there has to be some degree of concern about owning these assets that were already going to be potentially subject to increased rotation. Pep does that anyway, even when there's no logic behind it. Um, I mean, I guess we're going to have to wait and see because it's entirely possible that they would want to come out and just stick it to UEFA and play really well. Or they could come out, as um, as Mars said, and just say, well, you know what, this West Ham match, with everything going on, we're just not even going to bother with that one. So there's so many different ways that you can look at how this could have an impact. I mean, if it was me personally looking at their upcoming fixtures, I would be thinking, no, actually, I will play my you know, key players against West Ham because they've had such a long break now and I want them to have match sharpness a week ahead of Real Madrid, um, not necessarily playing them uh, at the weekend. You know, that would be me because I'd be concerned about it being maybe too long a break, but I'd also not want to have them having a big match a couple of days before the Champions League one. But again, I mean, this is... It's complete conjecture because we never, in the most simple circumstances, we don't know what's going on in his head and much will depend on motivation from players. They could come out and absolutely rally and really want to prove a point and say something for the fans or they could go the complete opposite way. They and could. he could certainly, you know, rotate. He could and I think um, it's an awful lot was riding on, on Man City being in the Champions League whether it's players motivation in terms of their contracts an awful lot of I know the Man City players contracts will be contingent upon them being in the Champions League performances their places with their national teams or their you know their stature in the game an awful lot of importance will ride on whether they can play in in Europe. Um, but so I, I can see both sides of the argument. I can also see them wanting to stick it to UEFA by being the reigning champions and not allowed to participate in the tournament, you know, and really kind of ramping up that. But I can also see them wanting to, to, you know, show their unity on Wednesday against, you know, um, against West Ham and, and totally destroy them. Um, you know, and just basically, like you said, sticking two fingers up to the man. But, um, Marzi, what do you think on the viability of the city FPL assets? Um, of course, you likely have planned on selling Aguero ahead of the game week 28 blank at any rate, because it's a lot to be leaving on a bench even for one game. Mm. But, um, how does this impact your yeah. longer term plans? Uh, well, it really depends. It depends when we find out about the appeal and not. the thing is, I, I have a feeling we, I remember for something that I read that we might not find out till May if they succeed or not. Like I think they have a week to appeal, but we don't know. I don't know when we will find out, and I think that is the biggest piece of information. If we don't know and they don't know, they have to play as if they are going to be in the Champions League. So I think the quicker we know when we find out the outcome of this appeal and if this ban is held or not, that's the most important piece. And we don't know that right now. I don't know where I got May from. I just remember reading something and I saw something saying that it will be in May that we will find out the actual decision. Because I would imagine the appeal will, t- will take months. I think they have until the end of this week. Again, I read something that they have to lodge an appeal. And then that is looked at, etc., etc. Now, there's, look, there's two ways of this. Like you guys said, there's the us against the world siege mentality let's go and show them that we can do it and they all rally and they go smash every team or they or or they 
Pep decides, I don't care about the league now. It doesn't really matter where we finish. Uh, we're going to win the Champions League. To be honest, City are good to do both. Continue doing well in the league and go and do well in the Champions League until they, unless they get, you know, well, as well as they can unless they get knocked out. Um, I agree with Kylie. What we've seen in the last, in this winter break is um, literally every team, most teams that have started, okay, United are winning, but I, I wouldn't say they, I don't know if they were amazing or not. I haven't really been watching the game. But teams are stuttering. They were struggling. Uh, they needed the, the the first half to get into the game. We saw that with Liverpool. We saw that with Arsenal. We saw that at uh, Southampton. So some of the teams have struggled. So I can see Pep thinking, right, I want to get my players. You know, he always talks about rhythm. Always talks about match rhythm. So he puts his full team out. Listen, I'm talking as an Aguero owner, and, and that's what I want. I want to see the full team out, right, to, uh, on Wednesday. Uh, and then... You, you play 60, 70 minutes, you rest them up, you've got a game against Leicester. If you win against West Ham, you build the gap away from Leicester. So the Leicester result becomes in, uh, not important, right? And then you've got the big game against Madrid. So when do you rest the players? Do you rest them now, play them against Leicester, then against against Madrid? I see him, look, trying to predict Pep, as Carly said, is, is impossible. But I see strong team, bit of rotation, which is still a strong team against Leicester. I, I read somewhere, and I've seen it before, where Jesus plays more in the away games because of his retention of the ball. I don't know how true that is because I've seen Aguero play as well, but we could see that where Aguero starts, Jesus starts, then Aguero starts against Madrid. Again, I'm talking as an owner. There is definitely bias here. Yeah, like Anything can happen. I'm not going to lie. Um, we could also see him just putting the kids to, to stick it, but we don't know. Now, moving forward... The, 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 the issue that we have is this, this potential double game week for City that could happen in 29. And we will know about this, I believe, potentially looking at Ben's, Ben Krellen's tweet. The end of this week, we might get a, a potential date, but more likely that it will be after Arsenal's game against Olympiacos, the second leg, to decide if, if there's a double game week and who City play. Is it Chelsea or Arsenal? But there is a potential that City have a double game week in 29. And by that time, we need to decide, do we invest in them? Do we not? The game against Madrid and the games coming up, building up between now and the next game week. So West Ham, Leicester and the game after should tell us what team Pep is doing for that double game week. It should give us an idea if they're really focusing on the prim- uh, only on the Champions League or they're going for both. So I would say... I would say don't change your plans for what you wanted because they do have a blank in game week 28. So you have two, ga- two game weeks to decide. My initial plan was whatever, whatever happens, Aguero goes out this game week. Uh, and then if there's a double game week 29, my, my wild card or I don't, I don't know. But for the blank, I will be moving Aguero. KDB, because I bought him in a lot earlier and he's more highly owned. And there, I know there's questions about KDB versus Son, so we'll touch on that later. But I will be shifting... Aguero, before I look at even at KDB, with regards to the FPL assets. KDB is definitely the litmus test, I think, for if, if people do start moving off KDB, it's a sure sign that we need to be concerned with rotation, because I know De Bruyne has always been the kind of one that we look upon as being the safest of the of the options, because he pretty much makes them tick. But um, yeah, it's interesting times ahead anyway for um, for Man City. Um, let's move on to the second part of our big topics of the week, and that is buy, sell, or hold. Um, we have a list of forwards, and we also have a list of midfielders, which I know fantasy managers are definitely looking at at the moment. Um, but first of all, we'll kick off with the glamour boys up front, the forwards. Uh, Mars, I come to you first on this. Top, for, uh, top forward points scorer in the game and playing Norwich in game week 28. Jamie Vardy has just suffered a price drop from owners annoyed by his failure to score since game week 18. What would you be advising Vardy owners to do right now? And like, I know that um, a lot of people are planning for that game week 28 blank. And I guess um, what would be your thinking for people who don't own him, who perhaps have moved away from him? Um, what's your thinking on Vardy? Vardy's an interesting one. I sold him. Uh, last week for Aguero, um, and I my plan was to bring him back in for for potentially Aguero or uh, Calvert Lewin, but Calvert Lewin just scored a brace. He is playing Arsenal away. You could argue about Arsenal's defence. So, um, looking at Vardy, I think Vardy is a very streaky player, and I think um, once Vardy starts, he will go on a run where he scores goals. 
and I look at his fixture run. Um, it, it's it's a big form versus fixture, right? But he's playing some of the most um, vulnerable defenses and most um, uh, what's the word um, uh, generous defenses uh, as well, uh, starting with Norwich. And I think they've got I think they've got Norwich and Villa coming up and, and a really good fixture fixture run. And for me, my plan is still to to go with Vardy. I think I think he's been a little bit unlucky, a little bit off form, but I want to catch that streak. And I, to be honest, apart from you know with so you've got Aguero and Aubameyang both blanking, and apart from moving from Aguero to Aubameyang, and I already got so you've got Ings, um, you've got Jimenez, um, Calvert Lewin. So those are your options. So if you don't have Jimenez, you could go to Jimenez first. Um, and sorry, I said I, I said I was going to move Aguero to to Vardy. Sorry, I'm moving Aguero to Jimenez first, and then I'll move to Vardy for game week 28. Right. So sorry, I'll I'll correct that. But eventually, I'm going to Vardy, um, and I believe that with his fixture run after City, but City could be a, a good one because depending on what mood they're in, we just talked about and the defense that could be a good indicator for us to see where Vardy's at at home against a weak a weaker than usual defense for City. That's that's what they've been like. Um, but I do believe, I, I think I will be um, jumping on Vardy for the good fixture run that that Leicester have uh, because I think they will they will want to capitalize on um, on finishing second if City switch off. That's yeah, my opinion. No, yeah, no, I think I, I agree completely. I mean, Vardy he's in look he hasn't looked great and Leicester seemed to be in a little bit of a slump. But it's but it is hard when you're looking at that 28 fixtures. It's hard to see of a forward that people potentially could move away from Aubameyang or Aguero, for instance, to um, to another forward of of his kind of quality. Aside from what uh, all the points Mars has raised um, on Vardy, I think part of the I think probably the only reason that Vardy's really coming into question is because there's a lack of viable other options that people don't already own. Um, obviously, his fixtures look incredible. That's no question. But his form is pretty horrific and it's not even just that Leicester themselves like Leicester have been scoring goals he's just not been involved in them and statistically speaking in terms of his goal threat it's like null and void it's non-existent at the moment and hasn't been for a long period of time but will he switch it on with this great run of fixtures possible but it is a huge gamble on um fixtures versus form and I do think that if we didn't have a case where most already own Jimenez and Ings um, as the kind of obvious candidates and then with all these others blanking that he might not be as popular a choice but he seems an obvious one given the circumstances that would be my take. I agree Um, and Aubameyang so another another forward and I know he's a player that both me and you own so I'm looking forward to hearing your take on this Kate but uh, despite a 4-0 drubbing of Newcastle Arsenal still didn't look great and to my eye Aubameyang looks disheartened at times maybe even when he's playing Uh, you wrote an interesting thread re Aubameyang's form in away versus home fixtures this past weekend but was his goal and the 4-0 drubbing of the Magpies enough to make you maybe reevaluate his long-term viability for you? Yeah, Mr. Obama no bang, really. Um, yeah, so oh, this thread... Oh, it, I like that. Yeah. Did you trademark that one? Is that like yours? No. Or did you steal it somewhere else? <laughs> not yet. I had, no, I, I did not see that somewhere else. But I'm sure someone has probably said it at some point because it was just there to be said. Um, especially because we say bang all the time in FPL terminology. Um, but yeah, I just, so obviously I, I put that thread out and it was really just reiterating the points that I had made on our previous pod, but that just seems a millennia ago. So it's hard to kind of remember that it was in fact only the previous game week. Um, But, yeah, as you said, that really was just looking at the somewhat startling contrast in his home form versus away form because I think we saw him be very successful at home last season and I certainly was labouring under the impression that his, you know, that there wasn't sort of this fall off in his home form and it was really until I looked at the stats, sadly, after I had already bought him, that I kind of, was a little bit disturbed. Um, and so I guess in 
looking at, and I didn't see the entire match. Um, I did see part of the match, and uh, I also had a look at some of the stats and the heat map from that match uh, to have a look at, at how he performed in that home match compared to his uh, average performances, I guess, at home um, this season and, and in the last six weeks as a, a kind of more recent comparison. Um, the, the main concern I have, I think, before we touch on numbers, is that, you know, this is a match where I'd talked a bit about how Arsenal's attacking threat was somewhat diminished. Okay, they haven't really been that impressive. They've been very much lower table in terms of their goal threat over the last sort of six or so weeks, and that's home and away, um, but worse um, at, 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 well, sorry, they have been somewhat worse away. Aubameyang has been dramatically better away, so go figure that. Um but, I mean, this is a match where they scored four goals, right? Ozil scored. Lacazette got a goal and an assist. And bloody Pepe got a goal and two assists, okay? So these guys aren't exactly setting the world on fire on a, a weekly basis. So you would absolutely have expected that Aubameyang would contribute more than one goal out of a four-goal match, you know, whether that was by getting an assist or something. Um He's the, the key issue that we keep coming back to is, and this isn't even just about his um, home form, it's that he's playing so wide. And that's really not what we want from a striker who's costing the best part of 11 million. And there's not really a viable alternative in Arsenal because of the fact that there's so much rotation between, you know, we've Martinelli, we've got Lacazette, we've got Nicotia, is that how we say his name? I don't even know. Anyway, there's like an endless array of them. And We've got Aubameyang parked out wide, and that is really evident when you watch him because, for me, he's not really passing the eye test, and his heat maps are also really wide. But interestingly enough, in that game, even though, as I said, I he did not pass the eye test for me, but he did actually shoot more. So his underlying numbers were definitely improved. So he had four attempts in the last game. His average at home has been 2.8. Three of those attempts were in the box versus 1.9, two on target versus one on target on average. And he created one big chance, um, which he scored. So, you know, that's, that is a significant improvement in what we've seen from him at home in terms of the underlying numbers. Um, and it doesn't necessarily marry with his positioning when you're looking at, at heat maps or when you're watching the match. Um, so he was getting in there with chances, but I guess I would have looked at that match and the outcome in terms of getting that goal as somewhat of a consolation. I'm happy I got the goal because I brought him in for three games thinking that I was going to be getting some kind of returns out of him. Um, a blank against Burnley, one goal in a 4-0 result against Newcastle and then playing an in-form Everton. I know Everton are conceding goals, but I I just think the game week 28 blank makes it very easy to sell him for that week because he's absolutely not doing enough to justify his inclusion. He's not outperforming. He's, you know, you look at options like Ings, Jimenez, um, all of these guys. And now Jimenez hasn't been scoring every week, right? But mm. he's but still been taking... But his a lot easier, yeah. A lot easier, but he also looks a lot more threatening and he's in the right positions. And, and so... I just think that if you've got a guy who's barely even, you know, on par performance-wise with these guys who are so much cheaper than him, it just doesn't justify inclusion. So it's sort of take the goal, but you know, I um, can't say I'd be I'd be really looking at him. Yeah, it is hard to justify keeping it. it is, I think Aubameyang is definitely one of those exact type players that you just have to kind of leave and not just keep it, not analyze them, not look at them, um, mm -hmm. not look at them week, on a weekly basis and just kind of accept that over like four or five game weeks, you're probably going to get decent numbers in terms of goals and assists. But he will frustrate the bejesus out of you. And, uh, you know, I 100% agree. He's not somebody that's going to be sticking around and no way am I going to leave him on my bench. Uh, Vardy is the most likely person I'll be bringing in for him for 28. Uh, Marzi, um, the, let me see here. What have we got? Ings and DCL. Now I put these two down as non-blanking 
budget forwards who have outperformed their price expectations. The exact opposite in a way of what, yeah. um, as Kylie was describing, Aubameyang. Hearing a few people complaining of, of late, but what's not to love, am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, all you, the bread and butter of a forward is to, to score at least one goal, right? You, you would say that's You'd say that's a success, right? If you get, like, you know, Ings against Ben. Now, of course, we're all looking for that explosive forward. We love it when our when our forwards get get braces or get hat tricks. But not every player does that. And Ings has not been. Ings has been a one goal man. But if he's scoring goals consistently in every game, even when Southampton lose, you can't. At his price, you can't wish for more. People that are explosive are normally the more expensive ones, like your Aguero and sometimes your Aubameyang. Um, now, DCL has been a blessing in disguise at his price, or sometimes scoring races at, uh, at, at, at home, or, or getting double-digit points. Fantastic. Now, um, it, it, the dilemma is about, uh, look, I don't think Ings is, is a question. You've got Villa, West Ham, Newcastle, Norwich. I mean, again, him and Vardy are coming up against defences that they would love to play against, because these, I mean, Villa... I think uh, when we had Phil on last, uh, maybe I think it was last, but or the one before last, he mentioned that they were the worst team. They give a chance every, is it one chance every twenty minutes or is it what, yeah, something like that? Even more than that, like less less time, uh, they give a chance when you watch them. If you ignore the stats and watch the game against Spurs, I mean Son had about seven shots by himself. Ali had four big chances or something like that. Um, the, the, their defense, their defense was awful. If it wasn't for Pepe Reina, Spurs would have won that game by a lot more. So we, we, you don't even need to think about. Uh, in fact, Ings is a captaincy option next week, especially with Southampton losing, and then they playing against Villa. Now I'm not saying Villa are a bad team, by the way. I think Villa are a good team, just bad at defending. They concede so many chances, and somebody like Ings, he does not need many chances. That's the thing about Ings. Ings, I think uh, that he made that goal against Burnley. And you yeah, see him very sometimes clinical, yeah. very, very clinical and comes in the game and will just get, he needs a half a chance and he will score. Now, DCL is, is, is a bit more tricky. You've got, he's playing Arsenal away, United at home, Chelsea away, then Liverpool at home, and then it's Norwich. And if you look at the official site, it's all red. I don't know if I agree with that. I, first of all, DCL actually delivers away from home like he does at home sometimes. And it could be the way just Everton play, um, where they they rely more maybe on the long ball or something like that away from home. Uh, he's very good in the air, etc. Um, Arsenal defense, would you say it's a four? You know, it's a red rating. I don't think so. I don't think so. Definitely United not. only home, Liverpool really. In those out of this, is... agree. United at home. So Everton playing so many times. Everton turned over United at, at home. And this, again, I know they've just won and, and I think United defensively have got stronger, but would you bet against uh, Everton scoring and Calvert-Lewin being involved? Absolutely not. Same with Chelsea away. We've just seen Chelsea are, again, their defence, not the greatest, so you, you come to Liverpool. So you've got three games to decide what you want to do. Um, you can put out other fires if you have them. At his price, you're not going to get better. Where are you going to go? I mean, he's... No, I don't, there's there's very few there's very few options. I mean, I personally, no. when I'm I'm looking at the forward line. I find it very hard to see past like Avardi, Jimenez, and Ings forward line. Looking yeah. at the fixtures, form, value, exactly. I find it very hard that, to that's see where I'm going. That. That's where I will be going. I think Jimenez is coming in next week because I agree. I completely agree with Kylie. It's it's, it's interesting looking at Uber, Jimenez, and, and Vardy because they, those are three players that maybe have been a bit off form. But Jimenez out of the three. Was absolutely yeah. unlucky. Absolutely unlucky last game week. So involved. He so, had loads of shots as so, well. So many, so many headers that normally he would get one. So many. It, it could be. Was it the weather? Was it the conditions? We don't know. But what I know is they are creating chances, and he's involved. That's what you want from your striker. Vardy, on the other hand, has not actually been involved. Not even taking many shots. But he's got this. You know, you've got Villa, uh, uh, Norwich. Watford, Brighton, these are defenders that he would love to play against, which is why I think he's another option. And then it's the Ings, like you said, or if you've got Calvert-Lewin and you've got other problems, or, you know, here's the thing, Everton could play in 31, Everton will play in 28. If you have more than two or three players from Arsenal, City, Sheffield United and Villa, why are you touching Calvert-Lewin? Yeah, you need he's to not move on those players. 
Yeah. Exactly. You keep um, him and then move on. Um, the uh, let's move on to the midfielders. Um, Kylie, come to you first on this. There is the old Salamane Okikoki conversation back coming back on on FBL Twitter. Uh, Mane is only back for one game, and we were already already seeing the old debate. Uh, what's your thinking on this in particular? Is there any data to suggest maybe either player performs better towards the end of a season, or indeed is rotated more once the Champions League is back in action? No, honestly, on this one, I mean, I think that anyone can sit and look at stats to their heart's content and, you know, they're going to find some kind of angle to justify it. But I really just don't think that you can do that in this case. You look at Salah and Mane, okay? So Salah's got 14 goals, 6 assists, he's 21 bonus. Mane has uh, 12 goals, 8 assists, 18 bonus, right? That's 20 returns apiece. There's very little in it between them. Um, Mane's obviously just missed um, some football. But, I mean, they're two different players in that Salah will always take more shots and Mane is more clinical. Personally, as a footballer, I love Mane. All right? And I, I personally think I, I rate Mane higher. But I think it is completely preference-driven. This is a different season also to previous ones in that last season – you know, if, if we have a look at who was playing more minutes towards the end of the season, who was more prone to rotation, I mean, you can't really take a gauge out of last season compared to this one because last season they were going to the wire to try and ensure they won all of their matches in case City slipped up towards the end. So this season, they're going to be going into the end of the season, you know, without that pressure on them. Um it's really pride and uh, additional accolades that would be driving them not rotating further because we're really close to mathematically winning, right? Um, yeah, there's there's so little in it. So I don't think that you it, you can go and you can look at those historic numbers, but I don't think you're going to get anything that's really going to be tangible in terms of decision-making. I think you have to look at these two players and say, okay, particularly with the fixtures, with how Liverpool have been playing, regardless of rotation, I mean, really, look at the rotation situation we're going to be facing and have faced with City, right? So I wouldn't even be worrying about rotation with Liverpool. That's a problem for another day. I think that you have to look at the two of them and whether it's money because there is now a, a gap in price because Salah has gone up um, over Mane, so Mane is now slightly cheaper um, and maybe that will drive your decision. But the reality is you, if you're going to go with just one, pick the one that you prefer and stick. We have seen time and again that when you're moving from one to the other and it's not driven by, say, um, you know, an injury or if there was to be some major discrepancy in their form, which did happen earlier this season, which is kind of what drove a lot of people to go on to Mane originally, and that did pay off. But if you're just flip-flopping for the sake of it, I think you're going to be chasing points, and that's going to be really hard because what we've seen quite a lot this season is that they're not really hauling at the same time. You know, they might be getting returns, some returns in the same match, but typically what's happening is one is really shining in this match and then one is really shining in the next match. So it's kind of a back and forth, back and forth situation and you're going to be forever chasing points that way. Likewise, if you decide you might make the decision that you want to have both, that is very expensive and in some ways almost quite expensive cover um, just simply because they're not going to be hauling in the same. Now, collectively, you would be getting all of their returns, which is excellent. But, um, you know, you might want to go down a different path with all of that money. Um, but regardless of, you know, there's so many different ways. Everyone has a different view on how you should treat Liverpool, who you should have, should you go double defence, double attack, who from attack, Mane, Salah, etc. Lots of different takes. I think it is really, there is a case and an argument for every single which way you want to look at it. Pick what you prefer and suck it up. I, yeah, and I think one of the things with the, um, and I'll come to you, Marzi, just for your take on this um, in a moment. But one thing I think with 
Mane Salah is if you prefer one of them players versus the other one go for that player if if some yeah. parts of Salah being a little bit more wasteful irritates you if you love Mane's smiley head like Kylie does mm. go for that yeah. you know go for the player that um that you kind of prefer of the two because as you said there's a coin toss between the two um what do you think Marzi um Anthony to add on that one so I Listen, I completely agree with everything Kali said, but I just want to come at it from a Liverpool fan point of view. And it might help. Um, earlier on, I had only one Liverpool defender and I had uh, I started the season with Mane, uh, then switched to Salah. Then as, as the season went ahead and I did my wildcard, I decided to go double Liverpool defence and I was, I, was happy, I was happy with that. Um, then at, when it came to the double game week, I, building up to the double game week at the time, I decided that I was going to go double attack with one Liverpool defender because I felt we were we were trying to. Um, well, I felt both Mane and Salah were on form at the time, and and it worked. I was picking their points as well as getting the, the clean sheets plus, and I and I had Trent. However, right now I've um, so I switched back and I'm now on double Liverpool defense plus Salah. I just feel. As I've seen in the games, in, in most of the games, bar, bar the one, um, that Liverpool are going to be t- really tight at the back and see the games off. And just try to yeah. basically, you know, let's just see the games off, nick a goal. At home is different. Of course, at home is different. But as Carly said, you can't guess which way it's going to go. Both players can brace. Both players can blank. Um, and I completely agree right now. My opinion, and I'm not saying it's the right opinion and there's no right or wrong with it, is I agree with Kylie where she's saying that having both of them right now is just too expensive, where there's other players, especially other other forwards. You might have a double uh, for, for City and Arsenal, and maybe you want Aubameyang if, if Arsenal are playing another easy game and you want Aguero, where you can't fit them to plus Salah, plus money, but you can do that probably with uh, uh, two defenders. There's options back in midfield now where you don't want to put all your eggs in a team. Well, listen, I think Liverpool will, go, will, will continue going for it, but I do think they will see games off and continue to be tight at the back. Yeah. So you can, I'm not going to say you can guarantee, but more likely than not, you will get the clean sheet. Plus, with people like Trent, Van Dijk and Robertson, you are likely to get the return as well. So I do think that makes up. Now, obviously, if you if you want to go for double double attack and that's your policy, again, I'm not saying it's wrong or right. I'm just saying, looking at it from a fan point of view, I think we'll start seeing games off. And hopefully in five games time, when the league is done, we could be focusing on something completely different if we're still in the Champions League. And give more players uh, game time to build rhythm and momentum for maybe the summer or whatever and rest players more. Yeah, no, I think there'll be more, uh, more possibly even full games off for some of the, for Salah and Mane. They might be actually seeing more matches where they're sitting on the bench for the full 90 if we've, if we've done the business and he wants to completely rest them. The, as, as the season kind of starts to wind down when hopefully we'll have clinched. The next one we have to talk about is Thunder Cavs or, um, Jack of the low riding socks, Grealish as I call him. Um, Kylie, he's been one of the stars of the season, but a blank coming up in game week 28. Is he a hold through that week for you? And those that don't already own him, should we just take the medicine and admit that we were wrong? His thighs, not thighs, his calves are so scary. I mean, I actually am pretty sure that they're bigger than my head. It, it really scares me. I don't uh, Anyway, that, I digress. So, yeah, Grealish is a funny one. I have owned him twice, so I own him currently. Um, this assist this week is actually the first return that I've had from him because I seem to own him at entirely the wrong uh, wrong times. People who have held him for quite some time have done extremely well. He's seven goals and seven assists, um, and for his price, that's incredible. And indeed, he could have had, over the course of the weeks, a lot more than that because he has looked so essential to that team and so threatening and constantly involved at all times. Where it becomes challenging with Grealish is this next fixture. So they have Southampton, which is, you know, a decent match. Um, Not an easy match, but, you know, a decent one. Then they blank. Then they're away to Leicester. They're at home to Chelsea. Um, And then they have Newcastle away, Wolves at home, Liverpool away, United at home. And so you can see it's kind of mixed there. So they're not amazing fixtures. Villa have been scoring goals, though. So particularly when you look at some of those defences, you know, 
I wouldn't put it past him to get you attacking returns in some of those following the blank. Um, so it is entirely possible that you're you're going to be well off keeping him and maybe your team is such that you can carry him on the bench. The issue for me is that most of us will have perhaps a De Bruyne who would be a greater priority to hold on the bench. There will be people who have uh, Sheffield United defenders that they probably don't want to get rid of. So it depends on, on where you want to go there. I think there's definitely a case for if you're a non-owner, just suck it up and maybe revisit it in a while. And if you are an owner and perhaps maybe a recent owner like myself, looking at maximizing the opportunity elsewhere and just kind of popping him on the shelf. Because, it, you know, we've talked about Vardy looking at these fixtures, but there's a very viable move from Grealish to Harvey Barnes to be had during this period. He has been playing consistently. I know he didn't return against Wolves, but that was a nil-all draw in strange weather conditions. So he previously he had returned in his, his previous three matches, I think. So he's very cheap. He's cheaper than Grealish is. He becomes an option if you want to kind of get in on the Leicester fixtures and perhaps you're not... Uh, investing in Vardy, he could be an option, certainly for a few weeks, get you through the blank and those couple of not great looking fixtures for Villa while getting the good fixtures for Leicester and then perhaps consider either holding Barnes if he looks continues to look a good shout or maybe going back to Grealish once we have the lay of the land in terms of blanks and various different things that are happening. So I think it is entirely team dependent. He does not need to be someone that you carry. There are absolutely viable options cheaper and then above if you wanted to go someone like Son, if you have the money. I do, for instance. Um, but if you have the depth, and I mean, you'd have to have some depth because uh, honestly, most have got a Sheffield United defender and they also have KDB. So if you're putting Grealish on your bench as well, that's that's some kind of team that you must be confident putting out in terms of your normal bench players. It all depends. But he's not so expensive that he's hard to get back in if you want to. Marzi, you have a bunch of listener questions which um, you're going to post to us all now. We're going to do these rapid fire. So um, we'll have touched on a good few, I think, during the rest of the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. First one, uh, so we're we going to do it like in under a minute, guys, okay? So, FBL Skipper, at Skipper FBL. Is size a good Wolves option if can't afford Bolly? Done. I have no real interest in the Wolves' defence, um, full stop, to be honest with you. I'd I like their attack, but um, defensively, I have no real interest in them, so it'll be a no from me. Interesting, really? Like, even oh, I'm the opposite, yeah. Yeah, me too. I think they've got some I, good pictures yeah. coming up. I don't, I don't, fixtures, no, I do agree they have fixtures, but being I had Doherty earlier on the season, and to be honest with you, it was frustrate me defensively, mm. I don't think they're the best organised, and it's one of those form over fixtures, defensively, I don't, I don't rate them, and I, even if the fixtures look good, I think they're the kind of defence that switches off, so I'll have my, my duo of um, Wolves attackers, but defensively. Fair enough. Kylie, okay. what do you think? Yeah, I, I actually, I do think that the fact that Bali is back makes a huge difference. They have kept all of their clean sheets while he's been in the side. Indeed, he's back two matches, is it? And they've kept consecutive clean sheets after an absolute drought of them while he was out injured. Uh, I, I, so I think that given those fixtures, his Bolly is a great differential. We saw his attacking threat there. We've obviously seen Sace's attacking threat as well. Personally, given the fact that Bolly is only 4.7. I would be paying that for him over another option because I don't think Sace is, is as guaranteed in terms of his yeah. minutes. For me, it's the minute, minute guarantees, definitely. Even though they sold yeah. Bennett, I still worry about uh, Sace that he can, you know, the Donka can slot in. Um, exactly. Or, yeah, somebody else. So um, I, I think if you can't afford Bolly and you want a Wolves defender, he he's a good option, but you need to re, you need to have somebody on the bench that will that will come in if he doesn't play, and also those little cameo annoying appearances that that sometimes we we hate. I'd probably okay. say Bolly or Swerve, yeah, to be cool. honest. Uh, FBL Dempsey, yeah, Dempsey FBL is removing Salah for Mane a waste of a transfer or an opportunity? Done. 
Yeah, I think we covered that off earlier on. I think um, it is a bit of a waste. I think if you're if if you want to if you want to go for him, but do try to stick with it. If you decide I want to go for Mane because ownership wise, or you just prefer the way he plays, then go for it. But if you do, then stick with it afterwards. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, we have uh, one from Jeff Holt, Austin at Austin Sixty Six UK. Carly, um, I'll come to you. Uh, he has Son and Lacazette and was about to dump both, but after late heroics, are they both worth keeping? Why would you be getting rid of Son? I'm I think, sure. um, yeah, no, I, I think Ericsson's gone now. We've got Bergvine in that team, and I think that it's there's no, you know, there, there's definitely a correlation there in terms of the fact that we're suddenly seeing this output and threat from Son after Spurs were really looking very underwhelming from an attacking perspective for some time. So I think I would absolutely not be getting rid of Son. He is, for all of the reasons that you touched on when you were talking about Son earlier, he's a great option and he's central to their team. So I would hold him. I think that more people are going to start bringing Son in now rather than selling them. Lacazette, however, I think that is fantastic that you got a goal and assist from him, but there is just way too many options there in terms of that forward um, central striker position for Arsenal that would really concern me because he does keep rotating them around and he hasn't doesn't seem to have fixed on his preference there. Yeah, fair enough. Um, at Shashank Patel, uh, Patel at, uh, at FBL underscore JRF, ship DCL, Lundy and Soy, Grealish last week on wildcard, looking at blanks for Jimmy and Torore, three Sheffield United defence and Salah. Want to scale a hill, chuck my phone, and spend the rest of the season there? Should I? I think so. <laughs> I'm lucky. <laughs> These things happen. Just move on and um, let's just deal with it. Right. Um, some other questions. We have one from uh, Late Riser 12, at Late Riser 12. Which move do you guys or lads like better? Losing Aguero for Mane by getting Ings and playing Dini or losing KDB for Mane? by getting long and playing Bruno or Tony versus Watford. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to quick, quickly give my opinion on this. I think you have to wait until the West Ham game and see who starts and who doesn't. If Aguero doesn't start, he'll definitely start on the weekend, so you hold him. If, if, uh, if Aguero starts, comes off at 60, then maybe he'll play both. If KDB doesn't, same. But if they both start and both play the full game, I would say um, losing um, Aguero is way better than losing KDB, personally. Same. I'd agree. Don, any thoughts? Yeah. No, I agree on that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, FBL Devotee at Devotee FBL. Thoughts on Armstrong from Southampton and Johnny from Wolves. So I think we covered Wolves with regards to the defence. I think Johnny is, again, a good option, but rotation is possible. And he's 5.4. He's well. a lot more expensive than than the guys than like you, your Bolly and even Doherty. Really, that expensive, Jesus. Um, yeah. Don, any thoughts on Armstrong and Southampton in general? Um, well, Armstrong, uh, I like him when I've, I've the bits I've seen of him. Do like the way he plays. He and he gets in good positions. I personally, with Southampton, I kind of go back to the whole um, who got the assist talisman kind of theory thing. Really, of Southampton, I've, I'm only really interested in Ings. I've, um, similarly to, you know, to, to players that like Grealish with Aston Villa, I kind of want to have the talisman. I don't really have any interest in the periphery players around them, unless like a player like Harvey Barnes kind of sticks his hand up for Leicester and just gets on a real good run of form. Um, I personally, it's either go for, you know, go for their premium guy or just kind of avoid them altogether. That's my own personal take yeah. on them. Fair enough, yeah. Uh, uh, Jeff Pedder, at Jeff uh, underscore Pedder. Kylie, would you rather have Taylor from Bournemouth or Lascelles from... Uh, sorry, Taylor against Bournemouth or Lascelles at home or Lascelles against Crystal Palace away uh, for Gaming Week 27? Yeah, so this one's an interesting one, right? Because uh, Palace and, and Bournemouth are hardly all that appealing, right? But actually, if you have a look at it, I think think that I would err on the side of Lascelles in this instance simply because Crystal Palace are rock bottom of the table for big chances and shots on target in the last six and frankly beyond that. Every other goal threat metric that you look at, they're pretty much in the last couple um, in terms of ranking as well. So Crystal Palace have been really 
really suspect in terms of scoring goals this season. Bournemouth have not been fantastic either. But um, I think just on the basis of that, I would play Lascelles this week. But to be honest, I think that they're both viable to play. Those are decent fixtures. Um, and it's it's really hard to know because both Burnley and um, Newcastle are perfectly capable of cl- keeping clean sheets and they're also perfectly capable of conceding goals. So it's it's a real line ball one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Lascelles with the with also the potential from set pieces, but the fact that yeah, he's away, right. it's just yeah, it's a. I wouldn't spend too much time thinking about it. That's what I would say. Like just, um, I think it's one you could easily get wrong. You know, yeah. it's a fifty-fifty. Mm. So the, the, I want to give a couple of shout outs to the guys that sent some questions in that we've already covered. So uh, FBL DJ Dom, DJ at Dom FBL, he has Aguero and KDB. Should I replace them with the likes of Vardy and Son for 28 when they're blank? Or could be double game week, replace one or both? I think we covered we covered it enough. Um, DJ Newton at Newton underscore DJ. Do you think Man City ban will impact their squad selection? Again, we talked about that, I think, a lot. Um one for you and I, Don, uh, my man at Morpheus Fire. How hard did Don and Mars laugh at the Man City news? Don, I saw you respond, and I don't want to call you a liar on pod, but um, I want your honest answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on my tweet, I um, said something like that. Um, very politically correct. I, I viewed it. I viewed it as you know sympathetically and all that, whereas you laughed and laughed. Yeah. Whereas it was actually kind of the opposite. I <laughs> laughed and laughed, you know. But I. But one thing I would say about it is, I and I. I don't have any great love for Man City or the way that they've kind of done things, the way that they've they've gained their success kind of overnight. And I think well, a lot of their fans can be a little bit kind of. Uh, Shall we say that they can be a little bit um, smug? Um, um, for but 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 that in mind, I do know there is a lot of kind of diehard Man City fans, and I can only imagine that if it was, we we can't control who owns our clubs. The Glazers at Man United. Um, we had our Hicks and Gillette moment at Liverpool. We can't we can't really decide who owns them. We can't decide how they do the reporting. We can't decide how they get their sponsorship. So I do feel for genuine Man City fans who who are probably heartbroken and kind of you know don't really know what to make of this. So I am saying that with, saying that with the caveat of as a Liverpool fan and yeah um, and I I do I have enjoyed it but I I do have the caveat of thinking that I do feel sorry for genuine yeah. Man City fans. I'm not gonna lie, I laughed, but I did laugh a lot because I think they will appeal and I think they I think this I can't see it happening. And if it I does, I can see it happening. I you think can. it will happen. You see, I, but the reason the reason I see it happening is because I think that UEFA have literally point, been yeah. been dotting their eyes and crossing their t's on this to make sure mm. that they have them nailed. And it's not just on on um, emails that were leaked, um, you know, saying that they think that they're you know that they'll get away with it, whatever. It's they have on on Man City's own reporting. They ha- think they have them dead to yeah. rights. And it's, it's just I can't, I can't imagine. You see, for me. For me, part of it. So yes, I did, and, and I loved like Klopp's response and support to the manager and the player because, in a way, the players are probably the le- and the, along with the, with the hardcore fans and the fans, they are they are the least responsible for this. Now, I'm not saying Pep is either, by the way. He probably doesn't have a clue. Um, and, I, and and you can't deny the football that they play. That's the thing. People will think we're biased, but no, they do play sexy football. Now, were they able to play this sexy football because of this? We can't answer that. Maybe, maybe yes, maybe not. Um, I, I, part of me also thinks is this UEFA coming against again after English clubs? I mean, how are PS, PSG still operating? Because they can't be better. I, I could be wrong. I don't want to say anything that could defamate a club and they come after me. I'm, I'm only just some random guy talking on a pod, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's see what happens. Uh, I did laugh. I'm not going to lie, but I do. I do feel for them. And I want to give um, the final shout is to Jeff because you know Jeff always sends random questions in. He asked us, uh, "What would you have been able to achieve in real life since game week 26 started 18 weeks ago? Read uh, War and Peace, paint the first bridge, and drain Dublin coffee." I think we all agree. 
And also he wanted us in light of the news that happened to, to be nice to each other. But I think we're always nice to each other. I don't want to over flirt with you, Don. And, and I don't want people to think that I'm flirting with Kylie on the pod, you know, but we're all, so we're not going to, he wanted <laughs> us to say something nice, but we're always nice to each other. But he's also requested um, followers and listeners to be nice to strangers, be nice to people online. And, and basically, if you don't have something nice to say, shut it. And I, and I think we can all agree with that. Um, and thank you, Jeff, for being as uh, always as uh, the nice, uh, thoughtful follower that and we always love and supportive. Always, always has been, always will be. And we really appreciate your random questions as well as the the genuine football questions. And that's it, Don. Back over to you, mate. Our last section of the show is, of course, our game week plans and our captain pick. Uh, so I'll come to you first, Kylie, on it. We're still in the middle of this game week, of course, um, with with the Man City-West Ham game to go. But um, how are you looking for the coming game week? And have you any kind of transfer in the works in your mind at the moment? Um, because I, I had come into this past game week with fires plenty with my defence, but... Um, despite being severely hungover when I did my transfers and therefore not entirely confident of what I had actually done, they did work out. So I brought in Van Dyke and I brought in Ings. And by doing that, I kind of gave myself a little bit of stability in terms of some of those issues that I was dealing with. So I do have um, three players that are blanking in 28. That is Grealish, Abamyang, and uh, De Bruyne. Grealish and Abamyang. Well, I actually have Lundstrom as well, actually, now that I mention it. Keep forgetting about him. Um, but, well, I shouldn't this week because he gave me seven points, the darling. But um, I need to be getting rid of some of those players. The, the two that are going are... Um, Grealish and Aubameyang and really for me what it's about is determining which week I want to get rid of which person. Ultimately as part of my whole move I'm I'm planning to upgrade Dan Donker who I have on my bench at the moment who does score or you know whilst playing was scoring goals unfortunately just never when he came into my side so he's just been a constant source of heartbreak and I have a lot of money for I have about three and a half million in the bank I've got Aubameyang to sell down to Jimenez which I will be doing probably this week so I've lots of money I just need to decide whether I want to do um Abamyang to Jimenez this week or just continue to hold Abamyang for the Everton match or go and do my Dendonka to Barnes move. That is what I am debating. Personally, I think it's very possible that I'll just cut my losses on Abamyang and, and go to Jimenez, given the fixture, because I think he plays Norwich. Am I right? Yeah, um, captain of probably Seller. But Ings is a shout. Ings is absolutely a shout, mm, given how bad Villa are. Um, Aubameyang, like in the, I don't like selling a player in a match that I'm going to watch. And um, you know, Arsenal against Everton is the, um, I think the Sunday Sunday game on Sky. Um, I'll probably keep Aubameyang for this week. But um, the I have two free transfers. Looking at my squad, it was kind of actually hard because my wild card was relatively, um, it was set up kind of to prepare me for the blank game week. Um, so I didn't, it's it's kind of hard for me to decide what I'm going to do, whether or not. Um, but I don't want to burn a transfer at this stage of the season. So um, it'll be you know maybe looking at Fleck. He's my kind of I have point three more, so I could you know get somebody who was playing in that game, blank game week, um, and then potentially have Aubameyang as a luxury that I could put in the bench but we'll see um, captain wise it is pretty much on sale at the moment what about yourself Mersey what's the plan of action yeah probably more, more hit, probably more hits I said I'll be taking lots of hits uh, as I continue to solidate, uh, consolidate my, my team and get ready for 28, 31 etc I really, I really want to navigate 31 without using the free hit so I can free hit in a double game week but I'm not like you know definitely sticking to that I'm going to be flexible I could also potentially wildcard in 29 uh, if there is a double game week for City and Arsenal uh, or, or whoever a double game week wildcard for 29 no because if I'm saying this because it impacts my moves that's why I'm just going to long it out a little bit uh, between 28 and 29 we'll find out if there's a double game week and we'll find out who who plays in 31 
So it could be an optimum time to basically build a game, build a team uh, with few players that I can sell after the double game week for 29, and I have two game weeks to then get if there's good players that are going to be playing in 31, potentially build for 34 and free hit in 37. It, it's it's going to be a last minute decision in 28, potentially even after the the cup games. So between 28 and 29, uh, where I hit the wild card or not. So um, based on all of what I've just said. Um, my initial moves were going, were going to be either Aguero or Dominic out for Jimenez, uh, depending on what happens this game week. Most likely, it will be Aguero because that gives me more money. Son is giving me something to think about, so the other player that comes in could be Son, or I was going to get rid of Kelly um, for a Wolves defender. So, I'm, so I then my defence is ready, and I've got an extra uh, player that playing in 31. Also, I need a, a keeper for 28 because I've got Henderson, who's blanking. So Pope is is one of the guys that I'm looking at because he plays in 31. Yeah. It's uh it's actually an interesting week for um potentially bench boost for on my own personal team. I know the I obviously wanted the ideal is holding on to it for a double game week, but um I know myself and a few people I know um mm. Andy let's talk was mentioning too the way that our wildcard teams are lining up there's pretty much like Southampton at home to I have McCarthy and I have Stevens um, at home to Villa. We've Lascelles away to Crystal Palace. It's not looking like a bad game week in terms of as single game weeks go. To um, no, to it's not bad. Quiz. But uh, we shall bad, yeah. we shall see. I'll, I'll have to I'll have to um, I'll I have to put my thinking cap on and see what I do. But uh, but we shall see. Um, that's all we got time for on tonight's show, folks. Uh, we have been Mars. You can find at Mars zero five on Twitter. Kylie, you can find at Kylie FPL. Myself, you can find at the Marple Curse, and of course, make sure you're following our group account at Three Amigos FPL. Thanks as always for listening and your continued support. Best of luck in the coming game week. Adios, amigos. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother.